As you all know, sharpfootballanalysis.com is the best place for fantasy analysis and betting information. And we just introduced our late season pricing. You can choose from season long, four week, or weekly packages that best suit your needs. And stay tuned for the NFL playoffs and bowl packages that have historically been our most profitable. Use code SHARP25 for 25% off any product site wide at sharpfootballanalysis.com. Welcome to the Sharp Angles Betting Podcast. I'm Ryan McChrystal. Week 15 is upon us, and unfortunately, it's being marred by a wave of COVID, which could very easily determine some of the outcomes of these games this week and just based on the numbers that certain teams are being hit with. Uh, and if you're struggling to keep track of who's available this week, be sure to check out, check out Tucker Bagley's COVID tracker on sharpfootballanalysis.com. He's been updating it all week for us, and it's been a great resource. I've been using it a lot to keep track of uh, who's out, and you know it's it's really helpful because certain teams are getting hit by uh, significant significant COVID tests, specifically hitting certain position groups. So it's definitely going to have a big impact on this weekend's game. So we're going to dive into a bunch of prop bets now, but because of all these COVID tests, definitely keep an eye on that tracker and you know double check things throughout the weekend because it could definitely change. Uh, the direction that we want to go on some of these uh, props if some significant COVID tests uh, pop up again over these next couple of days. And it could certainly happen all the way up until Sunday morning. So the first bet I'm going to lead off with here is I like the under on Tua Tonga-Veloa's interceptions against the Jets. This is probably going to be available at just a half interception. So we're betting on him to escape this game with zero interceptions. And there's really two big factors. The first is that the Jets are not an opportunistic defense. And the second is the game script that we're expecting in this one. The Jets defense, they just don't get their hands on the ball when teams throw downfield against them. And passes thrown past the line of scrimmage, the Jets only have two interceptions this year. That's a 0.6% interception rate and those passes thrown beyond the line of scrimmage against them. So when teams throw downfield, they're just not getting their hands on the ball and Tua also just doesn't throw the ball downfield very often. He has a 6.3 average depth of throw. That's the lowest in the league. And when he does throw short, which is obviously a big part of his game, he does a pretty good job protecting the ball. So on throws within five yards of the line of scrimmage, Tua's interception rate is 0.6%. That's the seventh lowest in the league. So the Jets are not good at getting their hands on the ball when teams throw downfield. Tua doesn't throw downfield very often. And on those short throws, he's a very good decision maker. So I just don't think he's going to be putting the ball in harm's way a lot very often in this game. He's just not going to throw downfield often enough. And on those short throws, he's he's very good at protecting the ball. Now, the other aspect here is the we expect the Dolphins run game to be pretty solid against the Jets defense. Now, it is worth noting the Dolphins backfield has been hit by COVID issues. But the Jets' run defense is so bad, I don't think it matters who's carrying the ball for the Dolphins. Uh, Based on the COVID tests and the way it looks as of right now, it looks like maybe Malcolm Brown uh, returns from injury and sees the bulk of the carries for them. Maybe Duke Johnson is a factor in the backfield for them. Maybe some of the guys with positive COVID tests are able to come back by Sunday. Obviously, that would also be a good thing for this prop because it would just help the Dolphins run game out even more. But the reason I don't think it matters who's carrying the ball for them is that the Jets front seven just doesn't get into the backfield at all. The Jets are allowing 2.5 yards before contact per attempt. That's the second worst rate in the league behind the Chargers. 
So if your offensive line is clearing that much space against the Jets defense, it just doesn't matter that much, especially if the Dolphins are able to jump out to an early lead. They're favored by 10 points in this game. So we're certainly expecting them to, you know, control this game from start to finish, most likely. Uh, so, you know, if we get to a point in the second half where the Dolphins have, you know, seven, 10 point lead, something like that, and they're just trying to run the ball, pick up chunks of yards, run the ball, you know, Malcolm Brown, Duke Johnson, that's not a scary backfield by any means. But if the Jets are allowing you two and a half yards before contact, you're going to be able to run the ball and move the chains and bleed the clock on them. So I think that there's a there's a very good chance the Dolphins jump out to a lead. It's a run heavy game plan. Tua doesn't throw very often. And when he does, it's a lot of the short stuff, which is really his bread and butter. And as I said, you know, he protects the ball in those situations. So I think there's a very good chance that he escapes this game uh, with an easy win for the Dolphins and without any interceptions in this contest. The next prop I'm going to talk about is one that I have not placed yet because I'm monitoring the Cardinals injury situation. And the prop that I'm leaning towards liking is the over on Rondell's Moore's receptions against the Detroit Lions. Now, the injury situation that I'm monitoring is the Cardinals backfield because although Moore doesn't play running back, obviously in the passing game, he effectively is a running back. He sees the same targets as Chase Evans and James Conner. And right now, as of, through Wednesday, those guys had not practiced yet. Connor is nursing an ankle injury. Obviously, he did play last week, but he's banged up and his status is questionable for Sunday. Chase Edmonds has not played since week nine, but he is eligible to return early in the week. Cliff Kingsbury seemed to indicate that the return uh, was something they were hoping for, but we haven't seen him on the practice field yet, so we don't really know. Eno Benjamin would be the next man up in the backfield. We haven't seen much of him. Um, at Arizona State in college, he was a factor out of the backfield, so he will uh, he should see some targets if he's the, the lead back for them this week. But I would expect in that situation, just because Rondell Moore uh, sees a significant amount of targets out of the you know, in those short passing game already, that if it's between Moore and, you know, Benjamin, if those are the two guys that you're leaning on, you know, it's it's probably, Benjamin is probably not going to get the same share of opportunity as Edmonds or Connor would get. You're probably going to see Rendell Moore get a little bit of a spike there. And just to put some numbers behind this, the short passing game is obviously a huge part of the Cardinals offense. It's 41% of Kyler Murphy's targets come within three yards of the line of scrimmage. And on those targets within three yards, Rondell Morse is a 28% target share, Edmonds 18%, Connor 15%. So a huge chunk of those are going to either Moore or whoever is in the backfield at that point in time. Obviously, uh, Edmonds' rate would probably be a little bit higher if he had been healthy all season. So he's the preferred weapon. But Connor has taken on a bigger role in the passing game in recent weeks as he's been the lead back there with Edmonds out. As I said, he's been out since week nine. So, you know, we're looking at more potentially seeing a pretty big spike there. Um, So I'm going to take the over on Moore's receptions. If both Edmonds and Connor are out, that's an easy decision for me to make. If, if it's Moore and Benjamin, if those are the two guys are leaning on the short passing game, I like the over on Moore's receptions. If only one of them returns, either Edmonds or Connor is healthy. I'm still going to take the over because they're probably not hundred percent. The fact that they haven't practiced yet as of Wednesday tells us that they're not, you know, they're, they're not going to be playing at hundred percent by Sunday. Um, so the Cardinals are going to want to limit their touches if possible, I would assume. And they're playing the Detroit lions. So it's probably going to be possible. 
pretty good chance they build up a lead and that, you know, even, even if they see a decent workload in the first half, you know, it's probably going to be possible for them to pull them off the field a bit in the second half and certainly in the fourth quarter. So, you know, maybe more still sees some extra targets in the past game. Now, if both of them return. I'm going to stay away. If both Edmonds and Connor are back on Sunday, I'm not going to bet the over on this because in that case, it's possible for them to get both Edmonds and Connor onto the field to the point where they limit Moore's receptions and still limit the touches for Edmonds or Connor, because in that case, you've got strong depth. You've got Edmonds, Connor, you've still got, Eno Benjamin who can step in. And so in that case, you're probably splitting the targets, just too many directions. And I would lose confidence in taking the over on Rondell Moore's receptions in that case. So as, in any situation other than both Edmonds and Connor coming back, I'm going to take the over on Rondell Moore's receptions this week. The next prop I like, it's another receptions prop. I like the over on Cooper Cup's receptions against the Seahawks. Uh, this has a lot to do with the matchup. Obviously, you know, you could make a case for Cooper Cup's over and his receptions almost any week, knowing that he is the go-to guy in the Rams pass attack. But I specifically like it in this matchup because slot coverage has been a bit of a weakness for the Seahawks defense all season, but it's probably even more so now that they've lost Jamal Adams. This will be their second game without him. They were without him last week against Houston. And even though Adams typically, when he's in coverage, he's typically lining up in coverage against tight ends. Obviously, his presence just has an indirect effect on everything the Seahawks do. So, you know, even though he wouldn't be the one typically lining up on Cooper Cup, I think just not having him out there is going to affect the Seahawks defense in a way that maybe the Rams want to target the slot even more in this game. And part, I'm partially basing that off of what, the way Houston attacked their defense last week. Uh, 43% of Davis Mills throws were to the slot last season or last week against the Seahawks. His season average is only 35% entering that game. So it seems like they upped their usage a little bit and they had a ton of success doing so, especially when throwing to Brandon Cooks, their go-to guy in the slot. When Mills targeted Cooks in the slot, he was seven of eight for 92 yards. So it seems like they pretty much got whatever they wanted when going to the slot with Brandon Cooks. And obviously, you know, Cooks is a, a solid slot receiver, but Cups the a tier above that, certainly. So I suspect that, you know, Stafford is going to be able to find Cup pretty much whenever he wants. And as you know, as long as this game isn't completely out of hand really early on, I would expect them to feed Cup the ball a lot. Um, now, I mentioned that Adams is not the guy who would normally be lining up over Cup. Uh, so his the effect of him being out is sort of an indirect effect, but he will be matching up with Ugo Amadi, typically is the guy who's going to be covering Cup in the slot. Amadi has a lot of 79% catch rate from the slot this season. He's really struggled. Um, and, you know, these teams have played the, this season once already. In that game, Cup had seven receptions on nine targets in the slot. That's not a huge amount, not, probably not enough to hit the over in this game. We're expecting the line to be at seven and a half. However, in that game, the Rams did also throw to Robert Woods in the slot nine times. He had seven receptions on nine targets in the slot. Deshaun Jackson also had three receptions on three targets in the slot. Now, obviously, Deshaun Jackson is gone. Robert Woods is injured. The Rams are probably without Odell Beckham in this game. Uh, because he is on the COVID list. Uh, it's possible he returns, so that's something to monitor, but it's looking like he will be out. So Cup had seven receptions in the slot in their last matchup, despite the fact that Robert Woods 
also had seven reception, nine targets. Sean Jackson had another three. So it definitely seemed like they already wanted to target the slot at a really high rate. We're doing so uh, with everybody on the roster pretty much. Um, and so in this game, obviously we think more targets are probably going to be funneled to cup just based on the fact that, you know, the receiving core is a bit depleted, especially if OBJ can't go. So I, I think that there's, you know, a lot of reason to think that uh, he should be able to hit the over if this prop is available at 7.5. Uh, that's where the prop has been available for quite a few weeks. I think it's been there about four or five weeks in a row. Uh, prior to that, it was actually lower than that. So seven and a half is actually the highest cups prop has been this season. Um, so I'm expecting it to be there again. If it rises to eight and a half, I would, I would hesitate to bet the over betting on a guy to get nine receptions in any game is that's an awfully high number. Um, so I would, I would say in that situation, I lean over, but I hesitate. Um, maybe I would just watch right up until the last minute and see what Odell Beckham Jr. situation is on Sunday. If he's not able to suit up, then maybe I consider taking the over to eight and a half. But the fact that we haven't seen it there yet this season, I, I feel pretty confident that we're going to get it at seven and a half again. And I'm going to take the over in that situation, over seven and a half receptions for Cooper Cup against the Seahawks. All right. Our next prop is one that we talked about last week as well. And it was a loser last week, but I'm going back to the well, because I think we were on the right track with a logic, just a little bad luck factored in. So I'm taking the under a Noah fans longest reception. Now, if you listen to last week's show, you know that we were expecting a lot limited opportunities against the lions. And also, you know, basing that off of the fact that he just doesn't see a lot of downfield targets last week, the prop was available at 16 and a half yards. We took the under, however, early in the first half, he saw his deepest target of the season at 28 yards and he hauled it in. Uh, so he hit the over very early in that game, but he only saw four targets. So we were right to think that he wasn't going to see a lot of targets. And, you know, that 28 yard uh, air yards that he saw on that target that allowed him to hit the over in this game, it was only his third target over 20 yards all season. It was only his eighth target over 15 yards all season. So I, I don't think there's any reason, there, there was no way for us to anticipate him suddenly seeing a 28 yard downfield target and getting open at that distance of the field because it just hadn't done it all season. And I don't see any reason to expect him to do it again this week. Um, so I'm going to use that same logic and just go back to the well, because the fact that he hit over last week means uh, the prop isn't going to drop any lower than 16 and a half. And if you remember last week, it had typically been available at 17 and a half. So the fact that he did have a long reception last week, maybe we actually get you know an extra yard of cushion there. Maybe it bounces back up to 17 and a half where it has been for most of the year. Just to quickly throughout you know, some more numbers here, his average depth of catch this season is only 4.8 yards downfield. So when you're typically seeing the ball, you know, right around three, four or five yards downfield, you're not going to hit the over on 17 and a half or 16 and a half uh, receiving yards prop. So, you know, that this was, he obviously lost last week. That was only the third time the under wasn't a winner. I know offense longest receptions prop. So, as long as it stays at 16 and a half or hopefully rises to 17 and a half, you know, I, I think we had the right logic last week. We just got unlucky with his longest target of the season coming in the game where we decided to go after this prop. So I'm going to say that our logic was right and we're going to go back and try to hit it again this week. The next prop I'm going to talk about is actually the reverse of a prop that had last week. And it was actually a winner for us last week. 
Last week, we took the over on Leonard Fournette's rushing yards prop. But this week, I'm recommending to take the under on his yardage prop. The reason we bet the over last week was pretty much all based on the matchup against the Buffalo Bills. We've seen the Bills get bullied by good offensive lines. And it happened again. The over was an easy win. Fournette broke a long run early in the game, I think, what, 47 yards or something like that. Um, and, you know, he just he just kept, you know, bullying them throughout the game. I think that's a certainly something that you know, I've talked about in the pod over the past couple of weeks that the Bills run defense seems to be uh, like they're going to get pushed around against some of these good offensive lines that they face. So we bet that last week, and that was a pretty easy winner for us. But this week, I don't think that's going to be the case for Fournette against the Saints. So I like the under on his rushing yards in this matchup. And it really it just has a lot to do with the Saints' run defense. I think that the Bucks, although you know, I certainly like them to win this game, I think that they're going to have to rely on the pass a little bit more. Um, according to Sports Info Solutions, relative to their season average, running backs are averaging negative 0.6 rushing yards before contact per attempt against the Saints. That's the best rate in the league. So to sort of translate that and using Fournette as an example, he averages 2.1 yards before contact per attempt. Against the Saints, you know, based on the Saints average, we would expect that to drop to about 1.5 yards before contact per attempt. So they're really putting a significant dent in what running backs are able to do before yarded, before contact against them. And Another factor here is that they're getting into the backfield a lot. The Saints contact the ball carrier at or behind the line of scrimmage on 43% of their carries. That's the fourth best rate in the league. And fighting through that early contact is not really a strength of Leonard Fournette, although he certainly is a physical runner, a capable of breaking tackles. He has not been successful really creating a ton of yardage in those situations when teams get into the backfield. He's only averaging 1.2 yards per attempt. When contacted at or behind the line of scrimmage, that ranks 28th out of 52 running backs. So it's not necessarily a huge weakness, but he's not one of those elite guys like Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, who is just going to plow forward no matter what. He really does need some space cleared for him to really do a lot of damage. And that's probably not going to happen against the Saints. Now, uh, it's possible we'll stay away depending on where this prop is available. Fernandez Yardage prop is kind of bounced all over the place this season, but in three of the last four weeks, it's been available over 60 yards. And I think if it's back at that spot, if it's 60 yards or higher, I'm going to take the under on Leonard Fournette's rushing yards prop. All right, now we're going to talk about the Saturday game. We've got one of the Saturday games, at least. we got uh, Patriots and Colts going head-to-head. And I like the over on Jonathan Taylor's receptions prop. And this has a lot to do with how the Patriots like to approach teams. Obviously, we all know what Bill Belichick wants to do when you have one obvious area of strength, he's going to do everything he can to stop that. And against the Colts offense, that's Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they want us, they're going to want to stop the Colts run game. And if they're loading the box to try to stop the run game, it seems to make sense that the Colts would adjust to increase the passing game on early downs and increase uh you know, increase the short passing game specifically, which is why I like the over and Jonathan Taylor's reception yards prop because they've been successful in the short passing game this season. And if they can just sort of pivot to that and make that an extension of the run game, I think they may be able to survive uh, the Patriots, you know, willingness to step up and try to take away the run. I think if they can just sort of convert some of that uh, Taylor's rushing production into the short passing game production, they may still be able to have success on offense in this game. We saw this a little bit a couple of weeks ago against Tampa Bay. T- 
Tampa limited uh, Taylor. Just He only had 16 carries in the game, but we saw the Colts pivot a little bit to the passing game where he had four receptions on five targets. So I think that's going to be the strategy that they look to use against uh, New England this weekend. And I think it's probably a good strategy based on New England's strengths and weaknesses on defense. The Patriots ranked 21st in yards per attempt allowed on throws within five yards of the line of scrimmage, giving up 5.7 yards per attempt. So when teams just sort of attack that little dink and dunk offense, stopping that is not necessarily something New England is good at, especially when you're throwing to your running backs. They actually rank 29th in yards per attempt allowed on throws to running backs within five yards of the line of scrimmage, giving up 7.2 yards per attempt. So we think New England is going to load up to stop the Colts run game. We think the Colts response to that might be to increase their use of the short passing game. And we think that that's an area of weakness for the Patriots defense. So this seems to set up really well. I think you could make an argument for taking uh, the over on Jonathan Taylor's receiving yards. Although the one that I prefer is just his receptions because it's been available at two and a half, almost all season. And he's hit three receptions in eight of 13 games, including four of six losses. So when the game script uh, goes the right way, that he is getting a pretty significant usage and he's uh, been hitting the over in those situations. Now, you know, it's possible sportsbooks anticipate this as well and bump it up a little bit. If it's available at three and a half receptions, I definitely lean over still, but I might want to stay away because he's only had four receptions in three games this season. Now, I did mention one of those games was against the Bucs, and that seemed to be what they were doing against the Bucs. It's sort of the same thing. The Bucs took away the run game. They pivoted to the passing game, and Taylor had four receptions on five targets. So you could definitely make an argument for still taking the over if it's at three and a half, but uh, I'm much more confident about it two and a half because even, even when the game script isn't going his way, he's had three receptions uh, at a fairly good rate this season. So I'm definitely excited about taking the over on Jonathan Taylor's receptions prop at two and a half. I lean over might take it if it's at three and a half. Now it's time for some Thursday night football. We've got chiefs favored by three at the chargers. Uh, pretty excited about this one. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. This should be a really exciting game. A uh, rare change of pace for us. A Thursday night football game that we're actually excited about. Um, and I'm ex- I'm expecting this to be a fairly high scoring game. Uh, I think that that definitely means we're going to see Patrick Mahomes throw the ball a lot. And so I'm taking the over on Patrick Mahomes pass attempts. That's available at 36 and a half. Um, and as I said, this is based on the expected game script. Over the last two seasons, uh, the Chiefs have played in five games where the spread is within three points. As I said, they're favored by three in this matchup and a total over 50. So basically in close games where you're expecting a relatively high scoring game, which, you know, that's most Chiefs games. But anytime you're expecting a close high scoring game in those five games, Mahomes averages 46 attempts per game. He's gone over 40 in all but one of those games. So when the Chiefs are anticipating a tight, high-scoring name, they tend to come out throwing. Now, I mentioned he was 40-plus in all but one of those games. The one game where he was below 40, it was when he attempted 37 pass attempts in that really surprisingly low-scoring game against the Cowboys in Week 11 this year. Obviously, we all expected that game to be a shootout. We got the opposite of that. Uh, It was one of the stranger games of the season, but – you know, in that game, he still attempted 37 passes, which the over the over under on this is 36 and a half. So that still would have hit the over. 
Uh, so he's obviously capable of, you know, in a low scoring game, still going over this number. But the more interesting trend from that game was that in the first quarter against the Cowboys, Mahomes had 11 pass attempts against just four rush attempts for the Chiefs. So they were they entered the game expecting a high-scoring, close game, and they came out with an aggressive passing attack. And I think that that's been the trend in these games, is that when they're anticipating these high-scoring, close games, they want to come out and be the aggressor right off the bat, You know, put teams in a bad spot right out of the gate. And so I would expect that against the Chargers in this game. I think they want to be the ones to come out get an early lead, put pressure on Justin Herbert, force him to be the one to have to play from behind, take shots downfield. And, you know, that obviously just increases the chances that he's putting the ball in harm's way. So that would be, that would certainly be how I would approach this game. If I were them, I think Andy Reid is certainly smart enough to think the same thing. And we've, we've seen him take that approach fairly often in these types of games. So I'm a little bit surprised that the number is so low at 36 and a half, but I think the reason for that is, that the over and Patrick Mahomes pass attempts prop has only been a winner five times this season. Uh, it seems like the sports books have had a little bit difficult time pinpointing uh, how the Colts offense is going to roll, but this 36 and a half that matches the lowest that it's been all season. So they keep dropping it. Um, it seems like they just keep dropping this number throughout the season, really with just disregard to what the game script is going to be. So you know, they've dropped it now to the lowest point that it's been all year, despite the fact that I think this, you know, we have every reason to think that this has shootout potential. So I think there's a very good chance the the uh, Chiefs come out throwing the ball early and often. And, you know, if this kind of, if this game starts to, you know, get into the high numbers, Mahomes is going to have to keep throwing in the second half. So I think, you know, just like that game against the Cowboys, if they come out throwing early, it's possible for him to hit the over, even if the game script doesn't go as expected. But then if it does go as expected, I think he's just going to shoot past that 36 and a half. So I definitely like the over on Patrick Mahomes pass attempts against the Chargers at 36 and a half. That's all for this week's show. Hope you have a fun and profitable week 15. And of course, be sure to check out our COVID tracker at sharpfootballanalysis.com. That is definitely going to come in handy over the next couple of days and probably in the weeks ahead. Enjoy week 15. 